You are listening to the Empowering Business DFW Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Austin. This episode is sponsored by Link. Are you someone who passes out a ton of business cards expecting a follow-up? With traditional business cards, as many of you know, they get lost. We are changing the way that we connect with new people. This easy-to-use product is great for anyone. Link offers a line of products that let you share information instantly with the people you meet. You can build a page that contains your contact information, website, social media links, photos, videos, appointment scheduling, custom forms, and more. All shareable with just one tap of this smart device. It's an unlimited use business card that you could change over time. The possibilities are endless. As an added bonus, if you purchase using promo code EMPOWERINGBUSINESSDFW, you will receive 15% off your entire order. Check the link in the show notes for more details. Hey everyone, and welcome to another podcast episode for the Empowering Business DFW podcast. And I'm super excited about this episode today because for one, we are in person. So if you are listening on the podcast platform, you might want to head over to YouTube and check out this amazing scene that we're in. Um, We are in the Amber Room here in Fort Worth, Texas, part of the Wishbone and Flint restaurant. And just walking in, the atmosphere is amazing. So if you ever want to come to a spot just to hang out, have a cocktail, uh, to really enjoy some time with somebody, this is a place to go. So enough about that. I've got three gentlemen here with me. They are all the principal owners of the restaurant, the Trident Restaurant Group. Uh, they've all got three separate stories, three amazing stories, and how they got from the beginning of their career to where they are now. So thank you guys so much for being here with me and allowing me to come into your space and just have a conversation. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. Perfect. So let's let's just start with the an introduction. We'll start with Kyle and then go to Wallace and then wrap it up with Stefan. Hey guys, my name is Kyle Bryson. Uh, I'm one of the principal founders here with Trident Restaurant Group and uh, super excited to be on this podcast with you guys. I've uh, been an entrepreneur for probably well more than 25, 26 years now and uh, love every bit of uh, being an entrepreneur. Perfect. Hey guys, Wallace Owens here. I'm also one of the principals and I do a little bit of uh, keeping track of these two guys is my main job and it keeps herder. me busy. Absolutely. Uh, Stephen Rochelle, uh, principal owner, chef, director of culinary, however you want to put it. Uh, I've been in the business for 26 years as well. Uh, lots of hard work and many hours put in as we get to where we are now. I think anytime you start an idea and there are a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs listening to this podcast and and a lot of times they think about and we're going to get more in depth on this with your stories but they think about it's easy to do all you have to do is have the money for it um and and all of that comes easy and i know there's some realistic thinkers out there that say that's not the case right Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you experience that firsthand um so we're going to definitely dive into that but first i want to ask you guys specifically a couple questions more about your career prior to starting this group this uh this uh, mission together so kyle just early on in your career i think 2007 you started a restaurant called chill and then you opened up another one called mix up burgers you know what was your biggest obstacle starting that process from you know 
not owning anything to now opening mm. two restaurants within, I think it was uh, 2007 to 2010. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> starting a restaurant is not easy, but the, the biggest obstacle I found was finding someone to have that faith in a 30-year-old kid, if you will, to want to go out and do these big dreams. Um, I had this vision. I had this thought. And and trying to, to have someone buy into believing in me as an individual and also sharing that same vision and thought um, was, wasn't easy. That was... At, at the first, that was the hardest obstacle I had was was getting someone to believe that this could be an incredible opportunity. Um, asking someone for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars is no easy feat. Um, but once once I, I showed him what direction I was headed, where we were going to put Chill, and it was in Grapevine, an amazing spot in Grapevine. I mean, the the gates to going into Grapevine is where we went. Um, that, that individual believed in me and uh, took that chance and that risk and glad he did. And uh, he's glad he did. And then mixed up burgers, uh, same thing. Luckily, I'd, I'd, I'd made enough doing chill that, that I'd had enough to, to start mixed up burgers. So it was, it was overall just that whole believing in someone, you know, to get you to that first level and that first go. Wow. Well, throughout those, that journey of, the two restaurants, you received a couple awards uh, for those restaurants. So throughout that small journey before 2017, when, when you, you guys launched this, what was the biggest achievement that you feel like you achieved um, kind of going into that, that journey? You know, I, I was recognized on several platforms and it was really incredible to have that recognition. Uh, I was new to, uh, to being an owner of, of a restaurant and a concept. I had a really unique concept that mixed up burgers um, that had won me numerous awards. And, but the biggest one was being named top best restaurant in uh, Texas along with Uchi. And I don't know if anyone knows Uchi, it's a real high-end sushi restaurant. But uh, being named in that category with them was a complete honor for the whole state of Texas. I was a small little burger joint in Grand Prairie that was being recognized throughout the whole state as one of the top restaurants. That was, that was pretty incredible. That, that made me feel like I actually made it at, at that point. You know? Well, congratulations to you on those achievements because um, entrepreneurship is not easy. No. And we talked before hitting this record button. It's hard. It is. Um, it is. You know, and, and especially when you have a family, um, you've been, you've been married 20 plus years, you've got two kids, you know, so how have you been able to strategically maneuver through all of these journeys? by continuing to maintain a work-life balance. I mean, it's gotta be hard and straining at some point. It is, it is. The, the best thing for me is is my relationship with my wife and my kids. They are super understanding. They are super patient. They are super respectful. But it is a very difficult balance because I don't ever want them to feel that I put work first, but a lot of times I put work first, but they understand why I put work first. Um, the, the love and, and, the, and the, the, the gratitude that they show me allows me to do that because they know that without this, we might not have the car or the house that we live in now. They know I'm working hard for them. It's not for me. It's for, it's for my family. My son's getting ready to go to college. He knows I'm working a lot so I can get him to college while he's got two daughters that he put through college. So he knows what I'm talking about, but it's been, I've been very blessed, candidly blessed that my wife 
has been, I mean, we've been married 20, almost 21 years and together 25. She has stuck to me through thick and thin through the restaurant because the restaurant business is crazy. And it's just calls at two in the morning when your place yeah. is getting broke into or yeah. when you're having a situation, your fryers and you just got to, I've, I've gotten up in the middle of dinner and left my family somewhere to go handle a situation. But they're understanding because they know that's the path I chose. I mean, it's like being in the military. If you're in the military, you don't get a, You don't get to say, no, I'm not going overseas for six months. It's just the understanding that you, you walk into that relationship. And she knew that going in that I was an entrepreneur mindset person and that I was going to be in the restaurant business. So she's, she's just adjusted and adapted and the whole family's done the same thing. And very, everybody's just very patient and understanding. Yeah. And that's the biggest key is patience and understanding in that whole deal. Yeah. I think, um, opening a restaurant, like you mentioned, it's not an eight to five job. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of times and Stephen, when we get to your, your questions, you know, a lot of times the chef is in there even earlier, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it, it's just, a whole balancing act so the fact that you have that strong support system it sounds like all three of you have that strong support yeah. system yeah. and i think what that does is help um kind of solidify those dreams that you put in your head knowing i'm not going in this by myself because i have a support system that's going to help me yeah. through it i've got a team yeah. and i've got a professional team here and i got a team at home yeah and they they all help me get to that level and, and support in that, that facet that's amazing yeah wallace you know, you've had a, a, a great career. You know, you were aspired early on in the restaurant industry. You were you were very interested in uh, kind of the process of all of that. And then you kind of took a break and went into becoming a CPA, right? Becoming an accountant. Is that correct? Yeah, not a CPA. but I guess it is accountant. different. Yeah, yeah accountant. Uh, so, never certified. But yeah, I spent uh, 11 years uh, doing the accounting thing. Uh, always worked in restaurants all through high school, all through college, every facet, high school, cook, college, server, uh, just enjoyed the entire experience, how everything moves together, how it all works, how it's it's almost a magical feeling if you, yeah. if you think of it that way. Uh, and so then, you know, graduated from Baylor, uh, did the accounting thing, and kept messing, tugging at me, hey, you know, you need to get back to what you enjoy doing and really, yeah, I like the accounting thing because I like numbers, but uh, the whole, it was just one process and, and a, a restaurant is just everything. You, everything, you, you know, from insurance, from medical, from, uh, you know, HR, for anything you, you can imagine a, a business having, a restaurant has it. Plus, uh, working with food and working with pandemics and, you know, everything else that you can imagine. So it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, both of those avenues of your career really have a major key part of what you guys are doing today. Yeah. So at what point when you were you know, working early in the restaurant business, and then going to school to become an accountant. At what point did you say, you know, I feel like I'm qualified enough to open anything I want, but I love the restaurant business. Right. So at what, what was that turning point where you're like, I can make this work? Oh, you know, I, I was in the restaurant business, uh, but in a corporate scene with uh, Spring Creek uh, Barbecue. And I spent 18 years with them. And, you know, from running stores to, you know, being in the corporate offices and doing things there. 
and I really enjoyed it, but I just felt that, you know, I've got the talent and the ability and the desire that I want, like Kyle was saying, I want to call my own shots. I did this much later in life than Kyle uh, because they they think I'm their dad. I'm really not, I promise. Uh, but uh, I decided, you know, Kyle and I hooked up uh, on, not too long ago, what, six years, seven six years? years and we opened up a little dive bar and we had just developed a relationship uh, for working together at the Air Hog Stadium and got to know each other. We came up with this thing, we working together and yeah, he kind of kept me young, I guess you could say. And I was able to go, you know what? Yeah. And then, yeah, next thing we know, we've got a big plate of stuff going on. <laughs> Throughout that time, <laughs> uh, throughout that time, you know, you're learning so many different things about the restaurant business, so many different things about accounting. You know, what was the one thing that sticks out that that you kind of transferred over into your business now? Uh, you know, you you would want to say details, 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 and I think. Everything starts with that because that's what accounting is in a nutshell. But if you can't also see the big picture and and be able to understand that, you know, here's something, this is what it needs to be. And if it's not there, what do we do to make it better? And uh, just the process of analysis uh, with everything we do, you know, and we discuss, we're open. Uh, we have to talk through issues and talk through problems to develop solutions. So. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned that you were in the restaurant industry, then you went to college at Baylor, you got your accounting degree, and then you just felt a calling to kind of go back into the restaurant yeah. business. So what 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 is it about the restaurant in, industry that you love? Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's a love. It may be a, a passion. It may be a calling. Uh, love-hate. Yeah, because... <laughs> like it, most things. It, it's, yeah. it's very brutal, uh, quite honestly. The restaurant business is not a kind thing. Uh, but if you embrace it and give it all you've got, you can be rewarded. But I would tell people if they don't know what they're doing and have money... Don't do it. Find somebody that does know what they're doing. Because... You don't get in the restaurant business because you want to make money. You get in the restaurant that business for, for passion. <laughs> you get in the restaurant business because it's the the type of the type of yearning that you have to to serve people, to put out a superior product, yeah. to give someone an atmosphere. That's why you get into the restaurant business. It's not a job. Yeah, it is a love. If you don't have a servant's heart, this this exactly. business will chew you up and spit you out. Right? Yeah, and that's probably the. And you gotta like work. Yeah. <laughs> you have to like to work. And it's just you. You just you just know that you're in the hospitality business. At some stage, you just recognize it, yeah, like I have, like he has, and he has. And we all three bring so many different facets to the industry. But that's what makes us so great. Is he brings a portion that I wouldn't be able to bring. I bring a portion that these can't. Get. And, and Stefan brings his side. Yeah. So it's just an, it's a magical situation. But you just know I'm in this restaurant business because I love it. I'm not in it to make a nickel, you know? Yeah. yeah the, the best thing is like surrounding yourself with people that are better at other things than you are. Um, which I, I kind of joke like we're like Dr. Pepper. It's like two, six, and ten. <laughs> just different levels, right? So it's like we all kind of offset each other. But 
there's certain things we're all really good at and certain things that we're not. And each other kind of fills that gap and void as we move forward. And that's what makes us a good team to try yeah. to. So it makes us try to all three yeah, of us. All three, yeah. so. That's great. I think one of the things that, uh, about the restaurant industry, you know, I started in the restaurant industry. Um, and we can talk about foundational pieces, but both of the things that, that you have talked about so far is something that I think has continued in my career now in sales is building that foundation of working with customers, understanding that everybody has a need and how to maneuver through those needs. And um, I think, you know, and I said this in a previous episode, if you are a, a young teenager getting ready to go into the workforce and you don't know what direction you want to go into, start as a host or a hostess. Understand how the whole customer service aspect works. Yeah then move in and move up because the restaurant industry is such a great platform for learning experiences from customer service, from, you know, just, and now I went blank because I don't think you of know, all these things, but there, there are a lot of things. I that, think crisis management. Is probably you'll learn patience. Thing. You'll learn understanding <laughs> because you just got to deal with guests and you got to learn how to deal with those. You'll learn how to, to talk to people. Yep. So there's a lot of facets you'll learn. Putting out fires. Yeah. Crisis management. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you learn how to, Pivot. Adjust and adapt. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, Stephen, I want to go into your story because, you know, you're the executive chef here. You're the food maker. And, you know, I was looking through last night, going, going through your all of your pictures and the websites. And at 1.30 this morning, I was like, man, I'm really hungry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's just talk a little bit about your story. Everybody has a reason why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, what inspired you to become a chef? So, I mean, I grew up in the business. My dad ran and owned restaurants as a kid. And it was that whole, like, Kyle talks about, like, sacrifice. And my dad was at work all the time. I was like, I'm never going to do this. I don't want to be gone all the time. It didn't make sense. I get into my senior year of high school, and I was like, I started bartending and waiting tables. I was like, oh, this is really good money. And then I got bit in college. I was just like, okay, this is what I want to do. I, I enjoy the cooking aspect. I like food, the creation, and more so watching people enjoy what I created. Um, having grown up in the business, my grandfather, my mom's dad, um, really exposed me to fine dining at a really young age. Um, and that was like the coolest thing. It was like white tablecloth, getting dressed up, the whole, the symphonic ballet or whatever cliche you want to use for like fine dining and, and service in a restaurant. And that, how, like what Wally's saying, it's like, how everything works together as a symphony. It's like, that just got me. Like, yeah. it was like, it's super cool. And so, having worked, I worked for the FNR restaurant concept. So it was like Don Pablo's, Harrigan's, Applebee's. Uh, I spent most of my time and cut my teeth with Papa's group. So, to learn that side of the business really kind of created this machine in my head of like, I've seen how it's done well. I've seen how it's done poorly. I've seen that, the middle. And so, you take those little aspects as you kind of come in. And it's like, all right, this is what I want to do is my career. But now I know how to do it and how to be efficient and proficient. Um, and that that's kind of where it started. It was both my dad and my grandfather really kind of planted those seeds, whether they knew it or not, and really just ex- exposure to it. And um, as I got into it, I've done the office thing. I've sold IT sales for four and a half years, made really good money, hated life. Yeah. Wow. I like the restaurant business because it's different every day. It's not the same thing. And if you know me, you know I'll talk to the wall if it'll talk back. So <laughs> it's, it's people, it's all about relationships and how we 
harvest and culture those and cultivate them and uh it's really about people and if you're not so much a people person you, this business probably isn't for you either <laughs> so one question that that just popped up in my head you know as a chef a lot of things maybe inspire you to create a, a dish or a plate i mean where do you get your inspiration for all of these new menu items that just come in is this a collaborative effort? Is it just you want the PG wanna... answer? <laughs> I'll, I'll um, the real answer. No, so like the whole thing is like I, I'm very blessed. I've promoted 16 chefs to executive chef out of my kitchens in my career, and every single one of us always has a time where you feel burnout, beat up, you're done, you feel like you want to quit. And I tell everybody the same thing. I was like, find a farmer's market and just walk through it. Because you'll get to a point where you taste something or you find something that takes you back to five, six years old um, and really re-sparks and ignites that passion again. Uh, when I'm feeling down and I feel like I'm burnt out, it's as simple as a cucumber sandwich. Uh, my grandparents had a garden and my grandmother made fresh bread. So fresh wheat bread, cultured butter, fresh cucumbers. It takes me home. And it's like, boom, now I'm ready to go back. So like little things will trigger different memories. And we in this business, especially this restaurant, it's about resonating to somebody's childhood, popping a memory up where like, oh, I had, this reminds me of this, but in a completely different form. Yeah. Um, and that's really what gets me the most is like, it just, I'll find an ingredient. It's like, all right, we're gonna center everything around this tomato. Yeah. And that's kind of how I operate. I'm, chefs are weird, man, we got a different, mentality and how we process things and so <laughs> sort of like the deconstructed pot pie that you absolutely yeah. it's like sometimes Perfect. you kind of have to go nine times around the block to get the explanation but it works um we're just we're we're a different breed of cat yeah even more so than just calling myself he's a little more off that chart 100 percent. Yeah. yeah but we own it yeah, and you have to. Yeah. Um, you know, we do R and D too for menu stuff. We we, yeah. we eat. Yeah, we absolutely. eat a lot. <laughs> absolutely, and that's the we other figure thing. Figure out what's like, going on, and like we were in Vegas doing some R and D, and it's like, hey, what if we take this dish and we do it this way? Yeah. And what do you think? And we tried it, and we're like, oh yeah, that works. That, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So that's awesome. Um, and it really, at this point now, it's not just about me and my food. It's like, hey, come here, come check this out. Just tell me what you think. You think we should do something different and it really is most of the time like i eat a lot of pizza starting out because my food sucks <laughs> but you learn it's all part of the process and how you get through it so it's like it, if you can't trust your partners then what do you have right so if we can't if i can't go to him or go to wally and be like hey I, I can't figure this out i need help and if you can't ask for help that's the other thing so it's like that's what makes us great as a team is like we have trust between the three of us that we know we can either get in a screaming match and then be good 20 minutes later and have a beer but we have trust and so that's how we get to the end product to get the right thing yeah right yeah we we talk it out yeah. work it out well you you've had a lot of experience throughout your career as well you know and i know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows and everything perfect when you get to the get in the kitchen and you start doing what you're doing you know what is the worst experience that you've ever had in a kitchen you know was it just game one portland trailblazers dallas mavericks 2011 playoffs 
Uh, it's my first executive chef spot. It was at Brackett's inside the Palomar Hotel in Dallas. I'd taken over a week before. Um, there was a restaurant management group that ran the, the restaurant prior to my coming on. Uh, legal stuff going through. We had to uh, e-verify every single employee in the business. And at that time when I started, I had 14 cooks. And by tip off of the game, I had one. Oh. 255 seat sports bar. We did $27,000 that night with me, a sous chef, and a pizza cook. It was the most excruciating service I've ever had in my entire career. It was one of those like, both printers to the floor, the rail was full, and all I could hear is just, an -an, an -an. just everybody ordered at the same time. It's like the nightmares that cooks always talk about, like you can hear the printer going off in your head. This was like real life, and it was awful. Some pitch of PTSD there. Yeah. A lot. Like, I'm like, Ugh. it's a, uh, yeah, it's like four hours of hell. It's awful. But it's like, at the same time. But did you die? No, I did not die. And we finished service. It, and like, it, that's it, the other thing. Kill is you like, it'll make you stronger. Like, I remember my sous chef was like, what do we do? I was like, just cook everything. <laughs> just start cooking everything. I don't care. We'll figure it out. Like, the poor pizza kid was like, he had like 112 pizzas on his deck. Oh. It's like, can you imagine? Oh. It's like, just like, but the other thing is like, at that point in time, I'm the captain of the ship. So you can't, it's such a cliche, like you can't show weakness. Like, you gotta lead them through it. Like, hey, we're gonna get through it. It's gonna take a while, but we're gonna finish this service. We're gonna make it through it. Um, yeah, that was the worst shift ever. I think a lot of that, kind of puts it into perspective like this is probably going to be the worst day of my career but it might not but knowing that going into future future positions future executive chef positions and now becoming an owner of a restaurant group you always look back at that and be like you know what today may be bad not near as bad as what it was <laughs> i only have 65 <laughs> seats out there it can't get that bad <laughs> no so, matter what yeah it's uh kind of crazy to think about you know I, I remember when I worked at then I worked grew up in the Outback Steakhouse restaurant you know yeah. and you know and I was going back and I was offering help the best way I could and you know seeing seeing some of the things that the chefs were doing back there I'm like I'm just gonna go back to see my tables because <laughs> you know, that's I love eating the food and, and I honestly love it like enjoy cooking to an extent not very good at it but I think it, it takes a special person to be an executive chef. So, first of all, congratulations to you <laughs> on getting to this point. Yeah, thank you. It's like, I'm, I didn't go to culinary school. I went to culinary school for two weeks. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't my fit. Um, it's good for a lot of people. It gives them structure, gives them stability and base. Uh, the biggest thing is like, you get a lot of kids that come out of culinary school. They're like, oh, I just need to know the costing and then I can be an exec. I was like, you need to get yelled at for like three years. <laughs> uh, you have to learn, you have to be the best cook in your kitchen. You have to be, because I can't ask someone to do something that A, I wouldn't do myself, or B, be the best at. Because I can't give anyone the ability to question, yeah. you know? And I think that goes for every facet of what we do. It's like, I know, like I said, like I know there's stuff I can't do on the accounting side that he's gonna just kick ass with. I can't do the things that he does. Yeah. But we all have to be the best at what we do because you can't, what, what else would you do? You want to be 
half-ass all the way through it, right? right. Like, why give 75% when you give 100%? Yeah. You're not going to get the same return out of it. Right. Well, I want to I want to direct the, the work-life balance question to you, and I'm probably going to go back to Wally and let him answer this as well, because, um, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that you have two young kids. And yes, so four and one. With Kyle, his kids are older. They understand that dad's away. He's doing what he has to do to help us get through college you know the wife understands that this is kind of what I walked into when I when we met you know for you you got two little ones and, yeah. and they may be in the mindset that they don't and I've got two little ones as well and they just don't understand like why you work so much so how are you making that balance work-life balance and being in, in the restaurant probably before and anyone else doing the yeah. prep and then staying late and well, you'll, you'll see my kids at the restaurant a lot. Um, Kyle used the word blessed, and, and I am very blessed. I have a very understanding wife, and my kids are, are awesome. Um, my wife and I met in this business, so she kind of knew already what it takes. Um, and she's been through this process by my side, very blessed. And Wally will tell you the same thing about his wife. Um, to the point where we are opening a place next door, an Italian concept called Tremobili. Uh, it's named Three Wives, so it's kind of after, after the ladies. So, um, with young kids, like I know it's just going to get harder to manage my time, um, especially with sports and extracurriculars and school and all that stuff. So, um, I just I try to, I make sure that when I'm home, I'm present, and it's not about getting home. I'm like, hey, I I, I can't deal with this. I got I got to go over here, whatever. Like I I have to be present. It's like when I get home, I have to just turn it off, and it's like this is their time. You might only get forty-five minutes, but I got to make the best of that forty-five minutes. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's hard. It's very hard. Um, it, especially like when we we're trying to open this and we're here eight o'clock in the morning, and you leave at one, maybe two, or stay the night. I've I've <laughs> slept on a couch in here many a times. Um, yeah. But it's one of those things like. All right. Well, I need to make. I need to be up at six because I really want to take Brent to school. Yeah. Like, so, so you sacrifice. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Sacrifice. Um, and that's all the way around for your kids. All that. So like, Gunner, his son works for us at, at the Ice House. Uh, my nephew Caleb works for us here, and I try to tell him. I'm like, look. I was like, if you're going to be in this business, one thing you need to understand is you are going to miss a lot of stuff. You're not gonna get to go to that concert on Saturday night. You're not gonna get to do this on, like, honestly, I think last year was the first New Year's Eve I've had off in, shit, 20 years now, plus. I've always had to work, whether it's bartending or cooking or whatever, I've always had to work. We don't celebrate holidays on holidays. No, we don't. You, you, you figure it out, you go. And again, it goes back to our, our families being understanding and patient. And it just is what it is. You, you figure it out. Yeah. Wally, I want to direct that question back to you. Uh, probably for me, uh, based on my stately age, my children are, you know, all gone. Uh, oldest is married, and we have two beautiful twin grandchildren boys. Um, that will be two in February coming up. And then my youngest daughter is 27. So we've already, yeah, we kind of 
went through all that. While I was with Spring Creek, you know, there were all the sacrifices and things. Now, me and my wife, you know, we, we, I have a dog. <laughs> have a good dog. <laughs> and, He's a sweetheart. And, and my dog, we, we had our uh, celebration for our one-year anniversary last night. And I'm not usually a night person, but I got home at 11.15, and she was sitting in the chair waiting for me to get <laughs> to bed and yeah. through the back door. And so uh, she was glad to see me and hadn't eaten her dinner because she was worried about me. So that's that's my person that yeah. <laughs> I, I sometimes disappoint. But uh, the sacrifice and the commitment are, are what we do, but the spouses and the children, uh, they provide the support and the encouragement and uh, the belief in us. Uh, for me, I think that's the most important is, you know, my wife believes in me. She, you know, she says, go do what you want to go do and and be who you want to be. You know, I believe in you. Yeah. And so that that's real important. You know, we've been married almost 40 years. So uh, this August, so, uh, the main thing I think that is is the belief that your family has in you and what you're doing. Yeah, and uh, because it does take commitment. Well, I think going back to what I said earlier, I think it helps make decisions easier. Knowing, all right, I'm not going to rush this decision to get home because family's going to be upset or whatever the case is. Mentally, that's like okay. I can take my time. We can collectively come up with with an idea because I don't I don't have to rush home. And you know, even though you want to, you're you're still focused on what it is you're trying to to accomplish here. So, um, and that being said, I want to really talk about where we are, uh, the Trident Restaurant Group as a mm -hmm. whole. Um, as I mentioned when we started this episode, we're in the Amber Room here in Fort Worth, uh, in the same, I guess the same building here is, is Wishbone and Flint, and then they've also got the Barry Ice House, Barry Street, Street, Street Ice House over the, by TCU. And so I'm going to let you guys just, you know, for the next part of this, collectively just answer some questions. You know, where did the idea of the Trident Restaurant Group come from? How did you come up with the idea of... <laughs> you take the beginning and I'll take the Wishbone question. Okay. Do you that? Sure. All right. So Trident started uh, in 2017. I called Wally. Wally and I had already been doing some business together. And I told him, I said, hey, I want to I want to start a restaurant group. I've got a vision and some aspirations and dreams that I want to get, get moving on. And I want to do something crazy. Are you in with me? He said, of course, we're already doing this together. So let's let's do it. And that's what I love about Wally. He just he's just ready to go at a moment's notice. He's, he's my ride or die. Sure. And <laughs> he uh, he's there. He's right there with me all the time. He's my yang and I'm the yang. And he pulls me off the cliff, but I, uh, I called him up and we were like, so let's do this. And so I told him, I, I said, I've been watching this kid. And I say, kid, I've been watching Stefan on social media, on his Facebook and his Instagram. And I am really perplexed at what he's doing. He's putting out some crazy looking food. He's got this awesome mohawk. And that's typically not me. I'm more of the reserved guy. Yeah. But this kid has got this mohawk and he's got good looking food and He's young and full of piss and vinegar. I'm going to reach out to him, Wally. What do you think? Wally goes, yeah, yeah, whatever you want to do. So I literally sent Stefan a Facebook messenger post and said, hey, you don't know me. I don't know you, but 
I love what you're doing. I see what you're doing. And I want you to be a part of a restaurant group that me and a other business partner are going to start. Would you be interested? 10 minutes later. Yeah, I, I could come talk to you. I said, why don't you come to the office and sit down and just visit? So he came over, we sat down, he had that Mohawk up. It was pink. I it was remember pink at the time. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> we just started talking. He, he told me about his loves and passions. I told him about my loves and passions. I told him about the direction that Wally and I wanted to go. And uh, I said, you know, I've got this side of the business that I'm really good at. Wally's got this side of the business that he's really good at. And you're the missing piece. You're the link that we need to put this together. And then collectively, we, we, we were thinking, well, what can we name our group? You know, I have friends that own Free Range Concepts and Front Burner. And I was like, well, what can we do to, to set a name out there? So we came up with Trident because there's three of us. And the Trident is one of the toughest um, recognized symbols that, you know, you've got Titan out there with this Trident out there. So we wanted to be something that was strong and recognizable. So we came up with Trident Restaurant Group and it literally hit off from a Facebook messenger post. The three tips of the spirit. Yeah. The power yeah. of social media. Yeah, it's isn't crazy. it crazy? I mean, just to be able to reach out and, and, and start it like that, it was amazing. Yeah. So there's a lot of brainstorming that kind of came about. I mean, within the first 90 days, we, on, on paper, we had three to four concepts kind of rolling around. Yeah. Uh, we, we tried, we looked at Arlington, tried to make it work. Um, we just couldn't make the numbers work with the group we had over there. And then we, our broker showed us this space. And as soon as we saw it, we're like, we've been vacant since 1981. It was and a rat's like, nest. Like this was, was yeah, it was crazy what it looks like now compared to what it was when we first saw it. Um, but the greatness of it is it has so much character. Um, we went with the name Wishbone and Flint. The Wishbone chair was designed in 1947 by a Danish designer. Took his inspiration from the Ming Dynasty and the Vikings, first two cultures that dine communally. Um, Flint makes fire, fire makes food. We put a Y in it because it looks pretty on paper. Um, yeah. But the whole preface and basis behind the restaurant is about breaking bread and fellowship over food. Getting back to that whole, like, I grew up having dinner around the table like every night that's where we hash out all our bullshit it's where we brought everything to the table and it's like family discussions everything was over breaking bread and that's what we want to get back to is like get off your phone come in have dinner have a great meal whether you have four people or 44 everyone should find something to eat and just get back to having just fellowship and i think we've done a really good job of executing that here we have the right people behind us with us um, Lucas, staff. yeah, Lucas Powell, our chef de cuisine, is fantastic. Shares the same work ethic. Um, it's just Caroline Schmidt, who's running the show on the front of the house side, is the same thing. So it's like we always know that we have people we can trust with us. They're like-minded, hundred percent, same vision. Yeah, and they know that this is just the beginning yeah. because we were open sixty-one days prior to the lockdown with the pandemic. We had a fantastic 61 days, um, but it <laughs> yes, really it was awesome. <laughs> um, we're very blessed with Best New Restaurant, three different publications in Fort Worth, um, Best Bar, Best Chef, numerous, numerous awards, accolades. Right? So, um, but having to turn and pivot and adapt and really have to get creative in the middle of an, a, a global pandemic, not just statewide or national, like it was global having to figure out how do we keep our head above water? How do we stay afloat? How do we continue to progress and make money? 
to be able to keep the dream alive, right? And so, well, that and to feed the staff. I mean, we, we had people that we were doing it. We had people that depended upon us. Yeah, we had to put so. food on family tables. So yeah, we got creative and we figured some stuff out. And our our, our guests, our, our our clientele, helped us along with that too. They would come in and they'd order these family meals that we got creative with, but they would tip hundred, two hundred dollars because they knew that tip would go to our staff. Yeah, we took. All, it was an amazing. We kept amazing the salary time. personnel on to operate for family style to go meals yeah. and every single dollar of gratuity went into a staff fund and got dispersed to our hourly staff to the point where when we were able to open back up and bring everybody back on every single employee came on except for one and that was because he moved wow. we didn't lose a single staff member through this pandemic yeah. everybody we, we stayed on and we, we were able to pay salaries and take care of those who you know take care of us because this is a family even though we want to be corporate mentality, it is it is a family restaurant. It is a family organization. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. We, I mean, as as a, a restaurant owner, an entrepreneur, and having multiple things going on, if you have to have a genuine vested interest in the success of your employees. Yeah. So, to how did the the Barry Street Ice House come about? or on top of our heads uh, yeah <laughs> so we're in the middle of the pandemic and our uh broker slash developer slash i'm not really sure what trey neville does but he, <laughs> yeah. he, he's into everything everything if it's fort worth he's doing yeah it. he doesn't really have a label he's a jack of all <laughs> trades in the real estate business so he had a space that used to be something that used to be something that used to be something and he said, uh, what do you think? And we were just stupid enough to say, yeah, we can make it work. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we, I, what, it took us 45 days to, yeah, from the time we decided that, to yeah. do it to the time we opened it. Wow. And it, it started out gangbusters. The weather was great. You know, we had so much out door seating that COVID wasn't really an issue because we could keep everybody socially distanced as well as in the restaurant social everything was real spread out and, and people cold. were loving <laughs> and then the weather yeah and then the holidays and then the holidays and nobody and, spends money eating out and then money all all the schools are now doing virtual not go yeah virtual so we don't have anybody at TCU we don't have anybody at the you know and so just everything that could happen all at once happened all at once. So and it, uh, it it hurt us November and December, not gonna lie, but January, believe it or not, is looking up and we're we're gonna be doing a concert series out in the back. We've got our dessert trailer that's gonna be opening up March first. Mm -hmm. It's got all the adult uh, shakes and ice creams as well as kiddo ice creams, yeah, we've got the kids playground. Yeah, so a lot this spring will be happening over at Barry's. Yeah, once it warms up, it's really one of those spaces where we talk about adapting and, and getting creative. If you can't make your space multi-use, you're doing something wrong. Um, so we have this huge green belt out back, playground area, everything's fenced in, contained. Safe. Very safe, so that parents can come have a great time, let their kids run, the kids have a blast, I mean, it, I mean, as a parent, you know, as if your kid's happy, everybody's happy. This is kind of how it works. Um, if mom and dad can get a beer while Junior's outside playing in the yeah. yard. 
it's a win-win for everything. Exactly. And we took that whole chef-driven craft food concept there. Yeah. Instead of going freezer to fryer, like a lot of places of that concept nature are, um, we are making everything in-house with the exception of the French fries. Like it's one of those deals that like we wanted to put quality first at an affordable price point and make it approachable because everybody needs to have a place like that. And then on top of it, with college kids, I mean. Yeah, and, and the pandemic, I mean, people's financial pocketbooks have been strained and we wanted to have a place that they could come and feel like uh, they're getting top-notch service and, and getting amazing food at a very fair, reasonable price. And yeah. that's what they are getting there. I, I mean, so. scratch-made, chef-driven, inspired food in a sports bar atmosphere is an awesome win for everyone. Hey, I wanted to jump in real quick. I hope you're getting a lot out of this interview. I hope you're really enjoying it. I wanted to take a quick second and read off a review that either a previous guest has left for the podcast or a previous listener has left for the podcast. Now, if you've never left a review for a podcast, I would be extremely grateful if you would just take a couple seconds to just go through that process of leaving a review because it kind of lets me know how I'm doing as a host, but it also lets the future listeners know what they can expect from the podcast. Now, when I talk about the process, it's actually pretty simple. So let me walk you through it real quick. On Apple Podcasts, if you open the app and you scroll to the already subscribed Empowering Business DFW podcast and you scroll to the bottom where it says ratings and review, just under the review, you will see write a review. You click on that, input your review, and hit send. After that, it's finished. Now this five-star review comes from author Ashley Wellman. I love the way this podcast dives into personal stories of local business owners and their journey to owning their own company. For all those who love to shop local, learn the stories behind DFW entrepreneurs. This show is an awesome local gym. Thank you, author Ashley Wellman. And let's get back to the episode. Well, you guys have had a lot of success just since 2017 opening Wishbone and Plant and then Berry Street Ice House. You know, one of the questions that I kind of want to pull you guys on and, and maybe each of you kind of elaborate a little bit on this, but you know, what is a tip from each of you that, that someone could take away from when it comes to running a successful restaurant? Look, okay, you, you, I could give you a really good one. Uh, you said since 2017. When did you, when do you think we opened this? January, 2020. Yeah. So the tip I can give you, if you want to open something right away, uh, it takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of struggles. It takes a lot of hit and misses. Pray for wisdom. Don't pray for patience. Yes. Uh, to, and sometimes with us, uh, you know, the struggle of those, those first two and a half, yeah, it took a long time to get this put together, but it took an even longer time to get to this point to find, and uh, that was probably three or four or five different options down the road, and it has worked out beautifully. So I would say persevere. Do not give up. If you've got a dream that you believe in, do not give up because the disappointments are going to, far outweigh the successes 
in the early going. Yeah, and it really becomes, it's kind of a, a game of numbers, honestly. Like, at some point, if you knock on 100 doors, one of them's going to open, right? So it's that whole mentality, just keep, like he's saying, persevere, keep going, keep going. I mean, we got told no shit on the top. <laughs> and it's like, you get the point, like, man, we found the perfect space, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, $28 a foot, $4 a piece on triple net, plus per percentage. I'm not paying percentage. And you're like, I'm out. So you have to get to the point, like, I'll put it this way. If you've ever built a house and you expect it to finish on time, which they never do, ever, try building a restaurant because it's like building five houses at the same time, all finishing on the same day. It's stressful. It's stressful <laughs> um, but it's rewarding at the end of it it's like there's times where you, I'll just come in here in the morning and sit down and be like we did and we, we just did. celebrated one year one year last night it was a uh, party last night we had a lot of fun and it was just it was nice to, to take care of the people that helped us get to where we are uh, but like he's saying persevere just keep knocking keep knocking and don't take no for an answer don't settle um, and I say that because there are things that you will have to take compromise. this, yeah, compromise and take from here, but don't settle. Don't be like, oh, I guess I just have to take it this way. No, you have to be passionate and believe in yourself and believe what you want and get it. Go get it because if you don't, somebody else will. Yeah. My, my thing is surround yourself with good people. Yeah. You know, yeah. put people in your corner that are going to get you to the next level because I can tell you it is not a one-man band. It you cannot do everything yourself. Uh, as much as you think you're, you're you're a superhero, you know that mentality is only going to get you so far till you fail and crumble. So if you have the right people, not only professionally but in your family, standing behind you and supporting you and getting you there, you can go anywhere you want to go. I can promise you that. And we are the telltale signs of that. We yeah. surround ourselves with good people. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different uh, mentalities, but we are, we, we glue and, and come together so well. So if I can give anybody a suggestion, put people in your corner that are yeah. good for you and that can get you places and get you there together. And have, you need a sounding board too. So whether that's a mentorship or someone you trust to give you good advice, whatever that looks like, yeah. we all have people outside of our circle that we, talk to for inspiration or just to like, Hey, what do you think about this advice? Professional, personal, how did you make this happen with your family in this position? Yeah, learn from us. So like, exactly. So it's like, I mean, we all have those people that we, we use for sounding boards and, and you have to have that because it keeps you sane. Yeah. Well, you guys have had success here. You've had success at the, the Berry street ice house. What does the future look like for the Trident Restaurant Group? Oh, Busy! Yeah. Exciting, Busy. exciting. I mean, We're the crazy people of the restaurants and paid of it. That's a plural. <laughs> We've got multiple restaurants coming uh, soon. Uh, the, the front runner right now is Parker County Ice House. It is in construction phase now. It's about half of the way done. We have slab, uh, we have- uh, Structure. It's structure, it's we have walls. Um, they're doing interior walls now. And it's out in uh, a city called Willow Park, uh, just west of Fort Worth. And it's going to be a, a music, uh, live live music and restaurant venue. 
uh, with a big yard and patio because in this pandemic, everybody wants to be outside. We've recognized that. So we're kind of molding this new concept around that. It's like Berry um, Street on steroids. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really big. Probably the best uh, we're going to have, like I said, a lot of live music, chef-driven inspired mm -hmm. cuisine that he's going to be uh, developing the menu on. And it's going to be a place and a retreat for all of them, the families, the, the moms, the dates, the 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 old couple that wants to get out and, and Kids revive sports. their life. Yep. You know, it's going to be just a great hangout. So that's concept number one. Should be going somewhere around July, August. Uh, then we've got Trey Mobley, which is in the same building here as Wishbone and Flint, just on the other side. Uh, it's a 7,500 square foot Italian concept. Uh, uh, well, let's say family style pastas, yeah. uh, wood burning oven. Uh, roasted meats, roasted pastas, things like that. Open open kitchen concept. It's two stories, private dining, upstairs along with a uh, craft cocktail bar upstairs. Lounge. But then there's a spot over the kitchen that's open, glassed in, so you can look down and see the pasta station. You can see all these things being done that most places you don't get to see the, the symphony the of the kitchen working, right? And so um, we have that coming. That'll be late summer, early fall probably. And then uh, we talked about Trey Neville, his boutique hotel over on Summit Avenue or 8th Eight, Avenue. Hotel Eight, Rebel. Hotel Rebel. Uh, so Cast and Hook is our seafood kitchen and raw bar. Another two-story concept. Um, just, again, we're trying to deliver something in a niche that's approachable, affordable, but the best quality product we can put in front of the client. Yeah. And at the same time, we want to go in and put in these concepts that help the neighborhood and help our neighbors grow. I'm not trying to go in and put something in and put somebody out of business. Next no, door. no. We don't ever want to be known for that or do that. So it's all about being part of the neighborhood we come into. Near Southside, what we have here, between Sarah with Hotbox Biscuit Club, Shannon at uh, Bearded, Lady. Bearded Lady, we've got Sean at Southside Cellars, Travis that just went in with Nickel City, uh, Sarah and Christian at Teenies. It's really about complimenting yeah and we all get together and bounce off each other it's like what do we do what do we do what's the next plan so we have all of that and then we're working on a project in uh dalworth and gardens down south Arlington area that becomes like a, an incubator setup because again this is about people right so we want to give people that are trying to get started whether it's a food truck or a cart or something like that give them something in between that and their dream goal of a brick and mortar where it's kind of in the middle and they can they can grow and prosper and create cash flow to start their own thing. Yeah. Um, and that's multi-use as well. We've got all abilities, children's playground. Arlington has, I think, the second largest special needs community in the state, um, but no resources. So let's give these kids someplace fun where they can yeah. hang out and families can come, live music, dog park, playground, yeah. eight different bays of different kinds of foods. Yeah. Um, live music. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's about, that's kind of where we're at now. And then, like I said, we still have a couple more concepts on paper. We can put yeah, we're going to take so, a break after that. I, I'm going on vacation. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see, and congratulations to all three of you for your success up to this point. And I want to come back here a couple of years later and do this interview again. And yeah. I'll yeah, come on. on where we are, uh, maybe in a different location in one of your new sure, locations. Sure, absolutely. But, you know, there's a lot of success there and a lot of new things changing, but I want to focus on Valentine's is coming up. Yes. I want to give you guys the opportunity to talk about any specials or promotions or, or anything that you have going on that yes. you want so, the world to know about. Valentine's Day, um, running it all weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're not normally open on Sunday night, but we will be for Valentine's Day. 
Uh, you can make reservations on Open Table or call the restaurant 817-945-2433. What's uh, that spell? Chef. <laughs> it does, absolutely. Uh, so the, the $60 per person, $120 for a couple. Uh, wine pairings are available as well. We'll start with a shaved fennel and citrus salad with chili poached shrimp. Uh, main course will be uh, Thomas Keller's inspired version of duck a la ranch. So duck breast, orange honey glaze, some braised and charred fennel. Uh, and then we're going to finish with a uh, good old flourless chocolate cake. Can't go wrong. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we enjoy event-driven stuff like that. So we, we, we have a lot of fun open kitchen. So it, we we shine at those moments. We have a lot of fun with it. So uh, other than that, again, we talked about March 1st at Berry Street. We'll relaunch of the uh, dessert trailer. So it, was there 30, is it 25 feet? How long is that thing? That was a 25 foot. 25 airstream. foot uh, vintage Airstream trailer we turned into a dessert trailer. It's a really cool concept. Yeah, we've got milkshakes for the kids, snow, snow cones, cones for the kids. Boozy snow cones, boozy milkshakes. Yep, so um, you can get an adult milkshake, which, you know, are hot right now. They love them. Yeah. And, uh, but soft serve ice cream, scooped ice cream. It's it's just a really good little uh, dessert trailer over there. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Cool. And then just uh, always let everybody know, uh, the shrimp we're in right now, the Amber Room, uh, developed on, Kyle and I went to Vegas, did the Mom Museum uh, tour and all that, and we go, we ought to do a speakeasy, wouldn't that be fun? So that's kind of how this all, because you have to go through a curtain to walkway from the restaurant to get here, or you can enter from an unmarked, signed, un, no signage door. Big yeah, Irish Castle door, canvas. And, uh, so then you can just come in here, but just to let everybody know, if you've got an event, uh, you need a place to host, uh, this is the perfect place. We do that all the time here. Uh, chef can put together an incredible menu if you want to do a, a dinner in here or a birthday celebration. Yeah, dinners, happy hours, corporate meetings, all that. Birthday parties. We're at 125 different whiskeys up here right now. I'm trying to get to 160. Uh, we're at 48 agave spirits. I've had to get most to 100. Of them. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we do have one of the more diverse allocated whiskey lists in town. Yeah. So it, most of the time, like if you can't find it, we have it. So we have a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, again, congratulations to you guys. And two more questions as we wrap up. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot of, of your career so far, a lot of successful restaurants open, uh, a lot in the future coming up, a lot of things that you're working on. But when you think about the word success, you know, everyone identifies it different. Everyone defines it differently. So we'll just go through, you know, Kyle, Lolly, and then Stefan, we'll go through that same order. How would you define success? You know, for me, uh, it's, it's the freedom. I, I cannot put a level of monetary value on the freedom that I have being an entrepreneur. I don't answer to anyone. I don't have to be anywhere at any given time. Uh, there is no clock punching for me. If I want to take a two-hour lunch, I'm taking a two-hour lunch. If I want to go in at 10 in the morning, I'm going to go in at 10 in the morning. And for me, that's the most valued part in the the spirit of being an entrepreneur. Um, I don't need a Lambo. I don't need a million dollar mansion. I love the freedom. I'll take your Lambo. You can have it. Yeah, thank you. But <laughs> I love the freedom. And so that is what drives me every day to wake up thinking, I get to do this. And I get to do this for fun. And I get to do this when I want to do it. That, for me, is is the most precious precious part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. 
freedom. What about you, Wally? Uh, success. Gosh. I th- I, to me, I think it's, it may be later on in life <laughs> for, for us, it would be freedom, yes, the ability to do, you know, kind of what we want. But in order to be able to do that, you've also got to have some kind of success monetarily. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the most important thing, though, that you're looking for with success is going to be satisfaction. It's going to be contentment. It's going to be happiness. And that's more of, you know, I've got these two whippersnappers just charging <laughs> up the hill, you know, swords ablazing. And I'm kind of over here going, you know, with my walker almost. <laughs> going, you know, I can, I, no, that's not true. I can out drive him on occasion. Yeah, on, on occasion, you do get me, absolutely. Uh, but to me, it's more contentment. It's more satisfaction, happiness. Uh, and once they get through all the craziness of family and working a million hours a week and all that kind of stuff, hopefully they'll get to a point where they can say, now I'm, I'm in an enjoyment. I'm at dinner with my wife. We're having a glass of wine. We're talking about the good things and the good times we've had, the memories we've created. So, yeah. you know, they'll get there, but they, they've still got a good 20 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> easy. easy. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, in a... In a that's that's what I think of it as. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat. I think it comes down to peace. Um, this, like I, we talk about, this job is hard and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of moving parts. But to be able to sit down and just like, yeah, all right, and then you can think clearly. Um, and like you said, like there is a little bit of monetary on there. Like I want to make sure that my kids have everything that they need. I don't want to spoil them. I want to teach them the respect of it as well. But I mean, we grew up, I grew up working at 15. And so it's like, I don't necessarily want my kids to do that. I want them to be able to get the best education they can get. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to worry about how they're going to pay for it. That's the biggest thing for me. And I know we talk about this all the time. You got Gunner going to school real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that kid's so smart, you might not have to pay for that. But you might be all right. Yeah, <laughs> I, go ahead. Uh, but that's what it comes down to me. It's like being able to... No, it's kind of a combination of what they're both saying. Like, I know that if I want to take my kids on vacation, I don't need to worry about like, oh, do I have enough vacation days? So do I need to get permission for that? Like, do I, don't, I have the money? Yeah, like I just, it's it's about peace, and it's like you don't have to worry about any of those things or the stress that comes along with it. Of what are we going to do when we get back? I'm gonna have to work like three months straight with no days off just to make up for the time because I want to take my kids to Sea World. Yeah. You know, it's like. I want to be able to go to Disney World and not worry about the fact that it's two hundred ninety-seven dollars a day per person. Right. But that 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 concept doesn't even come into my thought process. To be able to make to pull the trigger and do what I want to do without having a worry of what comes along. With sure. Yeah. I think you know just overall when you think about success, I think each of you have a, kind of a different thought process, but also you know together you, you all have the same dreams and aspirations. And I think that's what makes the three of you so great together um, and so again congratulations to you on all of your success there you know and Stephan you mentioned a little bit ago that each one of you have somebody that you go to outside of your circle uh, that you kind of rely on as far as mentorship or, or whatever the case is right so this is the part of the show where 
I just allow you guys to, to thank those, to shout out names, whoever it is that kind of inspired you and helped build that strong foundation. Um, you know, was it a parent? Was it a, a teacher? Was it you know, whatever that is? Kyle, we'll start with you, go to Wally, and then wrap it up with Stephen. Sure. You know, early on in my career, I worked for several different corporate companies and then a, a few, if you will, mom and pop stores. Uh, but the two biggest influencers in my life and two of my biggest mentors, one is Jeff Minicky, and luckily he and I share that same person in, in our careers. Um, Jeff Minicky taught me so many different ways of doing things and how to do things. And then he also taught me a lot of ways of not, not doing things. <laughs> and I learned a lot of not to do's from that guy. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, I love you, Jeff. <laughs> but that, that taught me early on what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Because he had to learn from failure. I watched what he went through and don't have to learn from that failure. And there's another gentleman named Mark Carey uh, who I worked uh, for for about six years in Dallas. And he's an entrepreneur, owns some restaurants. But uh, he taught me a lot of the ins and outs of, of dealing with customers and that whole front end experience of, of customer service and the way you deal with things and the way you talk to certain people. So I got a lot of a lot of good mentorship from those two guys, Jeff Minicky and, and Mark Carey. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for what you've led me to be now, and thank you for um, teaching me all the goods and the bads of, of the industry. And I just, I'm, I wouldn't be here without you guys. But I also really want to thank my wife and kids because without them, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, for me, at this point in time, I guess. The person I look to the most when there's an issue, a problem, a question, uh, or something I just need to bounce off of them is my wife. Uh, she's she's a microbiologist type, and so we're black and white, you know, and together we make gray. Um, and so her opinion is going to be, yeah, you know, and she's not afraid to give it. She never has been. <laughs> Uh, God help us. I don't think any of our wives are afraid. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But so she does uh, talk me through things and you know and gives her viewpoint on things. She she deals with people all over the world all the time and you know all that kind of stuff. So Kelly has uh, helped me and I think the the crew a lot of times yeah. on asking advice yeah. On, yeah, on what to do. Uh, but you know, and she's always been so supportive of everything we've done, except that one deal that's Kyle and I are here. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> but besides that, yeah, uh, it, it's been, it's been really good, you know, working with her at this level. And she does feel like she has a vested interest in, in stuff she does so yeah it's, it, uh, she's really good with giving the strong sound advice so yeah. great yeah I, I have a couple people I mean my wife obviously on a personal level um, spiritual as well I mean, she's a great godly woman and keeps me in check when I need to be checked and uh, in this business you gotta get checked sometimes um, but professionally um, I bounce a lot of stuff off John Bunnell uh, who's kind of like the, the culinary leader of Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. um, he's down to earth and you can go to him with anything and he will give you God's honest truth of what he's done or how he thinks like this is what he would do in our situation. Um, Chris Carroll, um, you worked with Chris at yeah. Spring Creek yeah. for a long time. I've known him uh, through my wife's family. 
starting out as an exec can give you a lot of advice getting in the business. Um, and then just in the business alone, like we are, we're always talking, chefs to chefs always talking. Uh, but kind of my big brother in the business is John Sanford with Barbecue on the Brazos down in Crescent. We have this running joke. It's like, we're gonna be fishing in five years. But he'll be the first to take us on. I've been saying that shit for 25 years. And it was like, just get used to it. Um, he kind of keeps me humble. It keeps me like, don't get your, don't get too big ahead, little brother. It's like, uh, it's, it's all about your people and your people that work for you. And that's what it comes down to. So um, thanks to those guys. And it's funny, like you talked about Jeff. It's like you were working at Bedford. I was in Addison. We didn't know each other from Sunday, mm -mm. but we were working for him at the same time. And it's funny how things come back full circle. We're about to start doing business with Jeff all over again. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny how this business is so widespread but so tight knit. And uh, yeah, how he reached out to us. Don't take it for granted yeah. because it really comes down to relationships, and that's what this business. Don't is burn about. bridges in this business. Hundred percent. Because you never know when you're going to need that person again. Yeah. And I never thought in my wildest days I would see Jeff Minicky fifteen years later. Yeah. Fifteen years later. And, and we're, here working, is, we're and literally we're, working two blocks yeah, away from each other. And we visit almost on the daily about stuff. We bounce yeah. up. So it's crazy. So make sure you, you stay on the good side of everybody, not just in the restaurant business, but in life in general. Yeah, yeah. But in the restaurant business, you never know when you're going to see that person again or how you're going to be influenced or, or something with them in, in the future. So, yeah. Well, well, gentlemen, I've had a blast just chatting with you and learning more about you. And I'm excited to see what you have going on in the next 5, 10, 20 years from now. Four um, of us. So We're for all the listeners excited. that are that are watching or listening, uh, make sure you check out all of their social pages. I have them listed in the show notes of this episode. Uh, follow them. You know, Come in. Check out their restaurants because uh, you won't be disappointed. And uh, again, thank you guys for allowing me to, to join you today. Yeah. Thanks Absolutely. for having me. Thank you for having Appreciate it. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Well, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. And thank you for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you get notified when a new episode releases every week. And if you are a visual person, feel free to check out the YouTube channel. Do you want to be a guest on the show? If you do, send me an email to empoweringbusinessdfw at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Stay well and God bless.